You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are fresh, and I'm talking really fresh, about five minutes off of the New York Giants victory over the New England Patriots in the preseason, a walk-off Graham Gano field goal. You'll love to see it. It's only the preseason, though, so let's hope these translate to the regular season. Chris, how you doing? What was your main takeaway from this preseason affair? Um, this was definitely preseason football. I think that, yeah, top-line thought right there. It, it ended the way a bunch of these Giants-Patriots preseason games do with a kicker at the end of the game scoring the decisive field goal yeah we've seen that with you know Aldrick Rosas back a couple years ago uh Graham Gano has done a bunch of these you know maybe not in this particular game but you know Graham Gano is going to do Graham Gano things otherwise you know there there were a lot of penalties called I had to double check there were 20 penalties called over the course of the whole game, which is um, a lot, but it is preseason football. Guys are you know, getting used to working as part of a unit, going against players who aren't their teammates, playing at full speed, and you know, these sorts of things have to be expected. It, there were some definite highs we can talk about there were also some definite things the team needs to work on as the preseason goes on yeah and some of those definite highs I guess we could start on are two wide receivers on this team who I think you could say are on the roster bubble but it's trending towards at least definitely having one of them make the team possibly even two and that is Colin Johnson and Richie James Richie James had a freakish circus type of catch off of a high somewhat errant throw but should have been caught by cj board who tipped it up in the air richie james secured it and that was the impetus to the touchdown drive led by tyrod taylor which was really impressive and then colin johnson was very involved and outside of that one fumble that he had he has to secure the football he looked really impressive in this game as well and it dovetails chris into the conversation about darius slayton who was involved on that first drive in the game with an end around. And I believe he also caught the screen pass to the field side, made a nice move to miss, make a couple people miss. So it was nice to see the Giants coaching staff get Darius Slayton involved early, but I'm still just not certain on if he's going to be on the final roster with the rise of Colin Johnson and Richie James. Yeah, those two guys were kind of the stars, Yeah, except for the Giants running back depth which is something else we can talk about, but Colin Johnson, Richie James, they were kind of the stars of the game for the giants. Johnson, he was all over the field caught. I believe it was eight of nine passes. He was the giants leading receiver. He did have that ugly fumble where defender just put his hat on the helmet. 
those things happen. It was a good defensive play, but for a guy fighting to make the roster, that's something you do not want to see. But otherwise, I thought he looked actually remarkably quick and fast for a guy his size. You know, 6'6", 220, big, long arms. He is he is almost the prototypical X receiver. And that's a body type the Giants don't have a lot of. So him going out there looking good, being very involved in the offense, and making plays, yeah, that is very good for his case. And then Richie James with, like you said, just the miraculous Johnny-on-the-spot reception on that deflection. And then he also scored the touchdown, which was really one of the decisive moments of the game. Came just a couple plays after that big reception by him. And again, completely different body type than Colin Johnson, but he looked, I thought, very quick, very, very nimble in his breaks, very crisp in his breaks. And for a guy who spent the spent last year on the injured reserve with a torn ACL, that is great to see. So the Giants really do have more receiving depth than I think it might have appeared on paper a couple months ago. And that's not great news for Darius Slayton, even though he is at least nominally higher than these guys on the on the depth chart he was in the game first and he did make a couple plays he's got to make more than a couple plays to outweigh the that two and a half million dollars hanging over his head yeah and that's what it's all about it's going to come down to the money and i do think richie james fits well with what brian dable and mike kafka want to do offensively and that was a really pretty whipping up route that he ran on the New England Patriots cornerback for the touchdown, a nicely placed ball by Tyrod Taylor, who had some really nice passes. I also thought Tyrod Taylor had a couple throws that could have went the other direction. We could probably talk about that a little later. But let's probably transition a little bit to this first drive with Daniel Jones. I felt like Daniel Jones, it was nothing spectacular. I felt like the offense was very vanilla. It was somewhat conservative. You had the end around to Darius Slayton. You had the screen to Darius Slayton. You had a halfback pitch off the edge to Saquon Barkley that had nice blocking on the left side. Had a couple solid runs, zone read-based runs. And I also like how the Giants, when they were in the third and short situation, and mind you, they did convert two third and fives, one with Daniel Jones' legs. But when they were in the third and short situation in the red zone, they aligned Kenny Galladay and Colin Johnson on one side of the field, and those are two just mooses out there, bro, in terms <laughs> of wide receivers. That is a ton of size. Kenny Galladay kind of ran a lazy-ass route, and it was almost caught for a first down. Daniel Jones put it where it had to be, and it was dropped. Now, you hate to see that, but all in all, Daniel Jones, not too much to glean from this. It's definitely evident that the Giants aren't showing their hand offensively it was just one of those ho-hum type of performances six for 10 for 69 yards took one sack got hit another time low which was a little scary vanilla offense you know first preseason game that's what you really expect to see and it also is worth noting the Patriots didn't play their starters they they are taking a different tact from the Giants and I think that's something we're going to see league-wide as teams try to feel out this three game preseason. You know, they had a really good uh, rhythm with the four game preseason where you get guys feet wet a little bit in the first game, then give them a little bit more action in the second game. Then, you know, third game is the dress rehearsal. And then fourth game, that was when you let the, 
second, third, fourth string guys really shine and the starters more or less got the week off before the start of the regular season. Now we saw the giants. They played their starters pretty much all the first quarter. Some starters played into the second quarter, uh, Bellinger, rookie tight end, he was playing into the third quarter, which honestly I think says more about the Giants' tight end depth than them really wanting to get him a ton of work. We are just going to really have to see how the league as a whole responds to the the preseason and getting guys ready versus evaluating guys down the depth chart and also trying to just limit the exposure to injury, which... Both of these teams, they did suffer a couple injuries, and you know, you'd never want to see that, especially before the season starts. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, and those three injuries you're referencing are Shane Lemieux, who left with a toe injury and was seen in a walking boot. We have no further information on what exactly is going on there. Jamil Douglas, I'm honestly not sure. I didn't see on Twitter what that issue is. And then Cordell Flott had a groin issue that held him out of the rest of the game. And Cordell Flott looked solid when he was out there, as did Evans a little bit. Evans gave up, I think, a back shoulder, but he had that really nice play where he was isolated, one-on-one open field tackle, good angle to the point of attack. You like to see that from the undrafted rookie out of LSU. Douglas did not look good from the little bit that I did pay attention to him while he was in the game at center, and I wish we got to see Lemieux at center, and I know Brian Dable, Mike Kafka wanted to try him out there, but they never got the chance because his toe injury. Let's hope it's nothing serious, Chris. Yeah, hopefully it's not turf toe or anything anything like that. No, no broken bones or torn ligaments. Hopefully it's just a sprain or something he can get over relatively quickly. Uh I, I'm with you on Cordell Flott. Hopefully he gets back on the field quickly because he did look solid. He looked very quick. Yeah, I thought his lack of size, while it, it it was noticeable, it didn't really affect him. He was able to get guys on the ground when the play went his way, which it didn't all that often. Uh, that is good to see. Although I have to say I do have some concerns about the uh, – Giants coverage at the top of their depth chart. So hopefully Flott is, he gets back on the field quickly. And we're going to get to that just in a little bit, but I want to posit something to you, Chris, because I believe it's a very interesting conversation. And all three of the players that are involved 
had bright spots in this game. And that is the backup running back spot behind Matt Breida, who did not play. And of course I'm referencing Antonio Williams, who was nine of 61 with a touchdown, looked very physical and was very efficient as a runner. Gary Brightwell, who was seven of 40 with some bright spots as well with some nice runs. And then just Sean Corbin, who wasn't as efficient on the ground, only 3.8 yards per carry, six carries, 23 yards, but was really involved as a receiver with five catches for 28 yards. What are your thoughts on that competition, man, because all three of these options, they all have something to offer, it seems. Yeah, that that is going to be really fun to watch over the over the next couple games. All in all, I thought Jashawn Corbin looked really quick, you know, really decisive, really good vision and contact balance. Gary Brightwell, again, good quickness, good contact balance. And then Antonio Williams, he has some great acceleration. So each of these guys, they bring something a little bit different. We know Gary Brightwell is a good special teams player. I do wonder if that might tip the scales in his favor just a bit. But this is going to be a fun competition to watch over the next two games. Absolutely. And all three of those guys, I can watch their film and I'm going to go through the all 22 and pay attention to the little nuances of everything. But just from watching it off a broadcast, it seemed like they all had elements of their game that the Giants could utilize as a third back behind Matt Breida. And let's not kid ourselves here, Chris. Saquon Barkley is going to be about as much of a workhorse as we see in modern NFL. That guy's going to handle a lot of snaps, but there's going to be series and there's going to be certain downs where he is spelled. And sometimes if it's not Matt Breida, I do believe one of these three could step up and be that guy. But Chris, if you want to transition now to something a little bit more negative, it's on the defensive side of the football. You alluded to it before. It's the cornerback position. And specifically, we're going to focus on Aaron Robinson. He's a player that I feel like we both like. We think he can have success. But he was beat on two consecutive nine routes from two separate receivers. And he had a little bit of ups, I think you could say. He had the the one play that was underthrown, but he got himself back in the phase and then knocked it away. But then he had a bunch of downs too man it was like one step forward a few steps back took a stupid penalty where he was taunting he was looking directly at the receiver how nervous are you about Aaron Robinson right now um say scale of one to ten probably about a seven yeah I he can ratchet that down yeah I'm definitely leaving the door open for him to improve I don't like you said, we both like him. I think he can take steps forward. I think he has tools to work with and things he can build on going forward. But to me, I thought he looked a little bit slow getting his hips open, you know, flipping his hips to really get into phase with the receivers. Even before he was beat on those two deep routes, those two nine routes, it, I think he was, it was a slant route where yeah, he again let the receiver get a step on him. Uh, if a receiver had a decent release, they were going to find separation, and that is kind of a concern. Yeah, Adoree Jackson, we didn't notice him at all, which is exactly what you want. But when Brian Hoyer can just identify and go after a cornerback and make hay off of it, that has to be at least a little bit of a concern, and. You know, a, a better quarterback isn't going to be underthrowing those passes. 
So that's something I think we have to be paying attention to. And I do wonder if that could be an opportunity for a Darnay Holmes or Cordell Flott to get their chance at outside cornerback. I have high hopes for Aaron Robbins. I think the talent is there. I think the size is there. The physicality is there. The athletic ability is there. He just needs to focus more on the technique. He needs to be a little bit more disciplined with his feet. And as you said, his hips to stay in phase and just kind of be a little bit more focused. This could be just an excellent learning experience for him. And I also don't think it's a coincidence that Joe judge is on the offensive staff for the Patriots. I don't think he wants to target a Dory Jackson. He knows the skill set of a Dory Jackson and they circled Aaron Robinson as the player to attack with a multitude of different receivers, whether it be Tyquan Thornton or Wilkerson, they were using a lot of guys to attack him. And Brian Hoyer was really just, paying attention to that so paying attention to him so we're gonna have to monitor that and see how he performs against the Bengals and then against the Jets because he's under a microscope right now for sure but this is only one preseason game yeah it, it absolutely on both counts he's under a microscope but it is also just the first preseason game one thing I think to pay attention to going forward is will other offenses try to hammer the Giants aggressive man coverage defense with those back shoulder throws because by the end of the game it was almost noteworthy when the Giants defended a back shoulder throw it got pretty bad and that was with Bailey Zappi again a better quarterback with better receivers man that that's something I think to watch because teams are going to go back and look at this tape and they are going to notice all of those back shoulder throws basically getting completed with impunity. I kind of think those back shoulder throws were by accident because Bailey Zappi just, you know, <laughs> he doesn't have strong, a strong arm, man. He's no, a not at all. That That is true. Uh, they, they could have discovered that by accident. It's like, hey, they kept catching these underthrown passes. Let's just do back shoulder throws. Regardless, though, man, I, I still think you're right because that is one way you want to attack man coverage with defenders who are working over the top. They're their assignment is to not allow the wide receiver to get over the top of them. So they're going to stay high and, you know, to the inside of the receiver. And that's going to allow for low into the outside passes, which are back shoulder type of throws towards the sideline. It's something that teams used to defeat Wink Martindale in the past. But you need what? You need quarterbacks who can throw in rhythm, throw in timing, and who have excellent rapport with their wide receivers. So it's going to take, it's not just every schmo that can do it. I think Bailey Zappi, it was, it was more of a, Hey, I luck boxed into this kind of, kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I did love though, Chris, man, we saw some aggressive pressure from the New York giants and wink Martindale. He was coming with the, you know, the nickel blitz sending five. He was using some twists and things of that nature. And they were also very aggressive in their run fits, man, just coming downhill, flying to the ball carriers. We saw Darian Beavers and Micah McFadden do an excellent job at this at the second level. Yeah, something that stood out to me in that same vein, the Giants dropped Kayvon Thibodeau into coverage, and they dropped him into man coverage on a tight end. That, I think, was something we were not expecting to see this game. I, I don't think we were expecting to see a ton of blitzes, you know, maybe a more vanilla brand of defense, but I also think this kind of is Wake Martindale's vanilla. You know, aggression, blitzing, that is just in his DNA. 
there's no escaping it. He's going to blitz. That's just what is going to happen. But for me to actually see Thibodeau dropping into coverage for a, I believe it was a slot blitz that early in the game when teams are definitely going to be looking at that tape, that to me is noteworthy for a few reasons. That's what you want to see too, right? You want to see Wink Bartendale keep opposing offenses on their toes. And that's something I think he's going to do. Kayvon Thibodeau, ideally you want him to rush the passer, but every now and again, you drop him into coverage. Who knows, man, offense could think that he has, you know, his hot read and then he doesn't expect Kayvon Thibodeau to drop out. They bring a blitz with a nickel. He drops over the top where the nickel was. And then you throw an interception to Kayvon Thibodeau. And it's like, Oh wow. That's just an amazing gift to get right there. But we'll have to wait and see if that's going to happen. Chris, who are some of the players of note that we did not mention or we briefly mentioned that you want to talk about, sing praise on, or just say, hey, you know what? They kind of suck today. <laughs> you know, I think I have to mention Tyrod Taylor today. He was, I think, just in my postgame piece, I said world's better. He was just in another league from Mike Lennon. And it, Yes, he had a couple questionable throws, a couple that could have gone the other way. Some of those weren't exactly his fault, but they did happen. However, just with his quickness, his mobility, and just how crisp he was operating the offense, that is just so much better than what we saw last year with Mike Lennon. It it really is a relief to know that you have quarterback depth you can count on. Also, I thought Quincy Rocher looked good. He probably should have had a safety there. I believe it was in the third quarter. He was very involved. And also DJ Davidson, backup nose tackle. When he was in the game, the Patriots were not running the ball. Or rather, they were trying to run the ball. They just weren't going anywhere doing it. So yeah, those guys, they might they didn't get any highlight real plays. Well, Rocher almost did. But they're not gonna get a whole lot of talk on uh on ESPN tomorrow morning, but I want to call him out. Yeah, Roche had one really nice play where he like split a double team and used his hands so quickly and so efficiently to penetrate into the backfield. He stuck out to me as well, and he needs to because I think he's on the roster bubble because some of these other edge rushers might be quote-unquote better fits for Wink Martindale, a la Onoshane Zimenez, who looked somewhat explosive, exploding up the arc. And he's looked good all training camp, and he might be somebody who could make this roster. And if you were to ask me two weeks ago, what do you think of O'Shane Zimenez? I would have said, ah, oh, that dude's getting cut. So he's making himself some money. He didn't do anything spectacular in this game, but he is quick. He is fast, but you know he struggles against the run. I, I like Roche. I hope Roche does make the roster, but Zimenez is making that reality a little bit more difficult but a player that stuck out to me i mentioned him a little earlier was darian beavers he was just everywhere dude he was in the backfield he was making plays in space he was feeling aggressively very very physical at the point of attack he was making plays by the sideline which isn't necessarily something that you expect when you when you think of his size even though he has a really good athletic profile so i really think darian beavers the last pick by the new york giants in this past draft is somebody who has a He's on a fast track to make the roster and earn snaps. And I think he can be used in a variety of different ways. So I think he's making himself a lot of money for the future. If he keeps playing the way he's playing. Yeah, definitely. I, I was actually surprised to see him be quite as active as he was, because I think we both had some, I don't want to say doubts, but maybe questions about him 
about his play in space based on his Cincinnati tape. So maybe he's a little bit lighter. Maybe he got some good coaching you know, throughout the, the offseason with this Giants coaching staff. But he could wind up being a really pleasant surprise. Absolutely. And you're right about that, too. Just watching his tape, he was a little stiff at times at Cincinnati in certain situations. And I questioned his ability to make plays from the far hash all the way to the to the field side, to the sideline sometimes. He did look pretty spry out there, if I do say so myself. And one more thing I want to talk about here, Chris, before we get out of here. Is what were your opinions on the offensive line when it was more so the first team? I felt like it was up and down, or maybe I should just say the first half. It was up and down. I felt like the pass protection was pretty solid early on. And then I think it was the second drive and into the third drive. I started getting some question marks and things and bless Tyrod Taylor because he just maneuvers the pocket beautifully and throws from so many different angles with his arm and just uses his arm somewhat like a, you know, a Kyler Murray or a Patrick Mahomes, like a baseball player, the way he can change the trajectory of his launch point and, and the launch angles that he throws with. And that kind of helped him get away from taking some unnecessary sacks. So kudos to Tyrod Taylor. But what was your overall thought on the offensive line? You know, I, I think that your description of it was good up and down. I thought it was, the play was a little disjointed. They had some really good plays where, you know, it was well blocked up. There was a, a solid pocket for guys to work from, but then there were also other plays where some of the linemen looked a little bit slow getting off the ball. Uh, pressure started leaking through, particularly with uh, into the uh, second quarter and the second half when the second and third string linemen started rotating onto the field. I know there was a lot of uh, concern about Evan Neal through training camp, especially based off of uh, him getting beat on one-on-ones. Overall, I did see him struggle on two snaps. One was, I believe he was uh, slide protection to the left. He wound up lunging, and yeah, I believe that was one time when some pressure leaked through to Daniel Jones. And then there was another play where it almost looked like he didn't hear the he didn't hear the ball snap or something and he was just kind of standing there while the rest of the the rest of the offense and most of the defense was moving around him so you know i'd like to see those cleaned up but otherwise you know th- there were plays there were there was a, a lot of good things to build on i think going forward anything else chris before we get out of here you know i think I think we've about covered just about everything we can for a preseason game. A preseason game, which the Giants won on a last-second field goal, 23-21. to Good job, Brian Dable and the coaching staff getting this preseason win. Like I said earlier, let's translate that into some regular season wins. That would be great. All righty, everybody. For Nick Filato and Chris Flum and Big Blue View Radio, this is the Chris and Nick Show. Please head on over to Big Blue View for all of your extensive content covering the New York football giants. Take care of each other and have a lovely day. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.